Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Button Fight Show. This is episode number 29. <clears throat> you can find the show in video format at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Please subscribe to the channel, that's the most direct way to support the channel and the show. And you can find the audio versions at all the usual places, including Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and lots and lots of others. And, of course, on Ace Podcast Nation, we have lots and lots of shows on different things, different sports, different subjects, lots of interesting guests. So uh, if you check out our social media pages, which are in the description below, you'll find out more information of some of the incredible guests and shows we've got coming over the next couple of weeks. Uh, So today, we have, for the first time in a while, no current UFC to discuss. However, we have lots of news to discuss. And this is the calm before the storm, because from next week we've got a couple of shows a week, and they are absolutely jam-packed with some incredible fights. So we've still got plenty to talk about, and uh, it's going to be fun. So this is the, just a little calm hour, talking some retro UFC and some news before we get to the, the hectic week of madness. But uh, joining me to talk it all, former Cage Warriors champion. UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Button. How are you, sir? I'm really good, sir. I hope everyone else out there is doing good. Yeah, sorry we haven't got a fresh show to do for this week, but yeah, it's nothing more of a bit of retro once in a while. No, it was good fun, man. I haven't well, watched, watched them for a couple of weeks, so it's, uh, mm. it was nice to get back into it. Um, yeah. Okay, so before we get into that, loads of news has dropped literally today, like in the hours before we recording this on the Sunday. So first and foremost, Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns is off uh, for yeah. UFC 251, which is next Saturday. Uh, which is uh, it was in, it's an insane card, I gotta say. But um, mm. that's a big blow because Gilbert Burns looked so impressive the other week. Really yeah. deserved his title shot. However, the uh, whilst it hasn't been confirmed by the UFC, ESPN is reporting it, and obviously they are UFC's exclusive partner for TV and everything. Uh, Ariel Hawani, who works for ESPN, says negotiations 
for a replacement fight of Kamara Usman versus Jorge Masvidal for the welterweight title are done. Sources say both fighters have agreed to the terms and it will be it will go ahead and fight Ireland at UFC 251. Now, one number one, that's an incredible replacement fight. That is just going to be an absolute banger. Uh, number two, if Jorge Masvidal somehow beats Usman on a week's notice, yeah, what a comeback from injury he will have had. He won yeah. the, the BMF uh, title, which whatever you think of that title, it was an incredible performance. Sure. Um, and then... He's got to fight Usman, who's no mug. How yeah, do you feel absolutely. about the Burns fight being off and then the replacement? Uh, I, I'm absolutely gutted, you know, in one part. But if you're going to have an exciting, you know, addition to step in, Masvidal is, is the man. He's going to make it ex- exciting, isn't he? He's clearly, you know, he must be in shape. Um, you know, he's not going to throw away this chance. Um, you know, trying to win it in the first round because he can't go on rounds. Um, he, he'll be in it to win it in any of the rounds, I'm sure. Um, absolutely exciting. Uh, yeah, if, like I say, you know, if it was going to be anyone else stepping in, to have someone like him step in, that's just fantastic news. Indeed. And there's um, there's been a few other little changes to these cards over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so Jack Shaw's had another change of opponent. His opponent's changed about three times in the last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is unfortunate for a preparation Point Absolutely. View, but I'm, I'm just pleased that he's, um, you know, he's basically still gotten a fight because, you know, there was obviously, once you start going through opponents, there's the risk that it just get called off. Uh, yeah. So basically, first of all, it was Anderson uh, Dos Santos, but he tested positive for COVID-19 prior to the event. Uh, so that was the first change. The UFC um, event takes place, uh, it's on the Qatar Dan Ig card. Um which is, uh, i got to say, we were just looking at the card before we started, which is for the same card that Modestus is fighting on. Uh, mm. So Jack is now fighting, uh, who was it? Aaron Phillips, uh, which in my opinion is a harder fight for Jack Shaw uh, than Anderson Dos De- Santos. Both very capable, both you know tough, fight, yeah. tough fighters, but um, it's certainly interesting. Um, mm. Obviously Jack Shaw's the the hot prospect, unbeaten since yeah. turning pro, it's going to be interesting, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but I've got faith in Jack Shaw. You know, he's beaten varied opponents of all different skill sets. Um, you know, he's 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 ready. You know, um, that unbeaten record it can add strength to your personality for some people, and I think he's one one such type character. So, yeah, it's it, I still got my money on him. I still think yeah. he can pull it off. I really do. This kid's creative on the day and I think he'll come up with a way to win well funny enough we after we talk UFC 10 we'll talk about we're going to talk our next part in the the look at the rise of Jack Shaw through Cage Warriors yeah. which was uh, requested by one of our viewers um yeah good request what his, I say yeah it was actually um his longest fight to date at that point and uh he finishes the fight yeah. not to give it away but he finishes the fight completely different to how he finished all his previous fights and it goes yes. a lot deeper but he showed yes. that he's more than capable from a striking point of view as well as a grappling point of view. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I felt like he did compete with more experience, but um, I think it was almost like he was just wanting to get rounds under his belt. I felt like he could yeah. could have just switched it on, but he chose to feel out some rounds. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I think part of that was because he had it was a short-notice change again, um, mm. which obviously 
you don't want to go rushing in just because you've got a different opponents. So you never know. Maybe if sure. there's something, uh, you know, just something different or something you may have missed because yeah. you won't have had the same, you know, exactly, preparation yeah. and and stuff. Um, and then also your fighter, who obviously you're not going to be joining me next Wednesday or next week, yes, uh, next Sunday to talk UFC two five one because you will be at Fight Island with Modestus. Uh, yes. Modestus, new opponent. Yeah, he was facing Morea. He's now facing Andreas Mikhailadis. Uh, yeah, Mikhailadis or something like that. Yeah, bit of a hard mm. one to say. Yeah, um, a much more well-rounded fighter. Um, good record, twelve and three. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, he's just a very, very different fighter to the opponent he was facing. So obviously, we prepped up his game for someone that's going to want to get it to the ground at some point. Um, this guy could both stand and trade or, or take it to the ground, either or way, really. Um, but we've got a, we've got a game plan. Um, Modestus is well-rounded. Um, so we, 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 we're just thinking, you know, Modestus naturally the bigger guy. This guy's fought a lot of middleweight. Um, has fought, I think, once recently as a light heavy. But Modestus is the bigger man, and we're going to make sure that that's uh, going to be a known fact at the end of the fight. Yeah, and you know, Modestus is on a six-bout finishing streak. Um, it is yes. his UFC debut, but you know, yeah, it's a special talent at the end of the day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, as I mentioned, um, Danny's away for next the next show we do, which is going to probably going to be live Sunday evening, talking UFC two five one. However, I will be joined by Mr. Richard Moons, uh, brother of Tom Moons, uh, Cage Warriors fighter, who has uh, joined me and Danny a couple of weeks back. And I'm also going to be joined by Canadian mixed martial arts journalist, Mr. James Lynch. Uh, for those of you uh, who are really into your MMA, you'll probably be familiar with him. Uh, he's worked at various places from Fightful. Most recently, he's been working for The Score, which is a massive sports channel in Canada. Uh, he's a very, very talented journalist, uh, podcaster. He's a very talented dude, very nice dude. And uh, he's, uh, I'm very excited to have him on because he's real knowledgeable as well. Uh, and he loves loves MMA. So uh, it's going to be cool to have uh, two new faces talking UFC 251. But, um, okay. So I'll tell you what we're going to do, mate. Just because we've got a slightly different show today and the retro stuff, I don't want it to go on too long. So yep. let's talk about UFC 251 because the card is ridiculous. So let's talk about uh, that card for a bit, and I'll take you through, through some of these fights. So the prelim, the main event of the prelim is Volkan Ozdemir versus Jiri Prozhaka. Who you got for that one, and uh, what do you think of Ozdemir? I'm uh, you're more actually, familiar with Ozdemir. Well, yeah, but I've not like I've got a massive study on either of them. Mm. Um, I think it's um, definitely a good matchup. Um, yeah, that, I mean that could sway either way. Um, a little bit of a hard one to say who's going to yeah. come victorious in that one. Um, it is, um, yeah, it's a good matchup though. I, yeah, I, I like it when, you, yeah, absolutely. There's a, there is one fight in the early prelims of the UFC 254 which I'm really looking forward to is Carla Rosa versus Vanessa Melo. Um, mm. We covered, uh, I think we covered both of them actually in separate fights mm. um, a few shows back, and. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. The women have been really performing well this year, so hopefully that yeah, continues. Yeah. Uh, going on to the main card. Oh, my days. 
So you've got an opener of uh, Amanda Rebus versus Paige Van Sant. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to go Paige for that one. Yeah, she's improved massively over yeah, the last yeah, Young talents. Yeah. One uh, that I'm really looking forward to is Jessica Andrade versus Rose at Nama Yunus. Yeah, cracky. I mean, who you got for that one? I'm going to go with Rose, I am. One. I think she's going to be on the Yeah, I think I'll match, I'll match you on that one. Won't be easy, though, i got to say. Um, no, no, it's a, it's another good matchup. And then you've got this one, which I think people are sleeping on a little bit because of the the standard of the rest of the card. But it's Petra Yan, ranked number three, versus the number eleven ranked bantamweight Jose Aldo. Yeah, I'm going to go Petra Yan. You know, he's yes. come onto the scene. He's a tenacious uh, striker. Um, you know, and he's got great takedown defense as well. Um, I just think he's just the new breed, the new blood. And unfortunately, Desaldo to me is, is he is fading out. He's sort of like tripping around the weight divisions, trying to reinvent himself. But I just think his his time has been, you know, the legend, the great as he was. I just think his time has passed. Um, but that said, he's still young enough and capable enough. We know it only takes the right shot to land at the right time, um, you know, to turn things around. But I think it's a, a case of a little hope in. Uh, for him, I just can't see him being Peter Petian at the minute. Peter Yan's on an absolute tear. He's been looking devastating. Yeah, Peter Yan, younger, quicker, stronger, faster. Um, yeah, yeah. Jose Aldo. Tell you what, if Jose loses this fight, I would like to see him go against Jack Shaw. If he's going to stay at bantamweight and Jack wins his fight on yeah, Wednesday, yeah. I want to see Jose Aldo versus Jack Shaw. Yeah, yeah. That would be and great. I know for a fact Jack wants that fight because he's a hero oh, of his. So. Yeah, yeah. It would be awesome for the young lad to, to have a crack at someone like that. Yeah, and if he beats him, he retires him. What a story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, what a story to have. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, the champion, featherweight title bout versus Max Holloway, the rematch. Will we yeah. see a better performance from Max Holloway? Yeah, I do. I think, I think the strategy that was put upon Holloway it took Holloway too long to try to figure out a way around it, and um, he'd already dropped too many rounds. I think he'll have a strategy, and he'll he's going to make his his length, his range count this time. I think you're going to see a little bit more footwork. Uh, well, this is what I would hope to see from Holloway. If Holloway does the same thing, he's going to have the same issue as before. I think you have to stay disengaged from this short body composition um, opponent and uh, keep him on the outside. Um, and that's, that's what, I just think that's what he's going to do. This guy I don't lose very often, and I don't think he's going to lose twice to the same guy. I just don't think it's going to happen. It's not like the same situation with Jesse Aldo. Holloway's still well young. We've got to remember mm. how young he still is. Um, he's just now experienced, proper experience, and I think that will make him be able to come up with a training plan to come through and, and, and take it the second time around. Yeah, the most impressive thing about Holloway over the last couple of years has been his output during fights. He's just oh, incredible. Like, incredible. If you remember when he fought Brian Ortega, Brian Ortega was on an absolute tear. He was and Max Holloway absolutely. Brian Ortega hasn't been the same since. He just destroyed yeah. him with just pure footwork and output. Yeah, um, that's it. And when it came to the Volkanovski fight, whether it was Volkanovski didn't allow him to implement that same game plan, or whether Max Holloway had a different game plan yeah. for that fight. Volkanovski, he's he got a very different it. body. He's opposite in body comp composition, and but he also has the cardio to match Holloway. And mm. I think he just kept getting on the inside, 
and was um, just able to get his larger work weight off on Holloway. And Holloway just kept missing on the way back out. That's why I think this is going to be different. I think Holloway fell into a habit of um, brutalizing his opponents through that work ethic and that work rate, but he was unable to do it against Fodorowski. So I think this time around, his outward pit would be slightly less, but more hand-picked. Um, and that's all going to be done behind the footwork. That, that's what I'm suspecting is going to happen. Yes. Uh, and then we got, was Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns. However, that's been changed to a welterweight title match. Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal on a week's right, notice. Yeah. If Masvidal is in shape, I just think he's got the tools to put it away. Uh, I'll take it it's still going to be over five rounds, right? Yeah. I, that's something I didn't check on actually yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah i i just think five rounds with that kind of ferocious striking style that he's got uh, i i just got a feeling he's going to end up tagging and going for the hunt for the finish it all depends whether he's in shape um and it, and it appears we've seen a few short fo- uh short notice fighters come in and they appear to have come in pretty damn fit so i take it that everyone's just hunger and hungry to get back in there, get back earning money, getting back fighting. And I think Mazzava will be one of those characters that would be, you know, training hard on the sidelines, yeah. ready to step in, especially with all this COVID going on. There's so many potential pullouts. Um, I think everyone's staying fit, waiting to jump in and get that healthy uh, pay purse. Yeah, and it's career changer for Masvidal. He would, he'll get paid massive amount of money for stepping in last minute anyway. Yeah, I'm sure. If he takes Surely they've title. got a subsidy. If he takes that title, yeah. that's a you know that's game changer for him. Because I know um, there's been a little bit of discussion, hasn't there, between him and Dana around about pay? Because most of all, was on yeah. about not fighting anymore. I, I mean, that'd be absolutely devastating um, for for fans anyway. Yeah, most of all, has uh, become world popular. You know, he's a he's a proper proper geezer that says things and backs them up. And mm. you know, he doesn't overly talk the shit. Oh shit! I just swore. Yeah, was allowed to swear. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just can't wait for this, man. That's going to yeah, be a good be one. Crazy. That's going to be a good one. But we can't write Usman off. I mean, Usman, no, it, God, is no. at, he, he's, you know, come onto the scene and been, you know, pretty damn dominant. He really has. So if anyone could shut him down, he could. But yeah. I just think uh, my money's on Masvidal. I've got a feeling he's just going to land something that's going to landslide it towards him, him getting the victory. Yeah, it's going to be Usman's biggest test, that's for sure. Um, and yeah. then, very quickly, I'm just going to ask you about the British-based fighters, uh, girls and guys and girls for the for the Wednesday show, um, which you're going to be at. But obviously, yeah. um, so we got obviously got M- Modestus. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to go with Modestus for that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel well confident. Uh, then we got Molly McCann versus uh, Talia Santos. M- Molly hasn't fought for a. For a while, but her last performance was incredibly uh, yeah professional she's, and impressive. Yeah, she, Molly's going to take it. She um, she's not going to be someone that gets rusty or anything like that. Uh, no. Styles just not 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 such will suffer that. She'll go in there. She'll just start grinding. And uh, John, I think she'll be too much for her. Yeah, I do too. Uh, John Phillips versus Dusko Todrovic. Mm, yeah. That's a little bit more of a challenge, but yeah, you know, we we we, we got to go with it. I, yeah, got to go with the Welshman. Yeah, but that's a tough one. Yeah, definitely. And then you got obviously Jack Shaw versus um, Phillips. Yeah, 
I'll go, I'll go Jack. Jack there. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean that, that that's much more of a test for him, but I think he's gonna I think he's gonna take it. I'm sure he's prepared like he's never been prepared before and what we've seen of him so far has been like an extra shiny diamond with his performances. I think he's just gonna shine even more. Yeah, he's, I, I really do. I feel like he's yeah. destined for the very, very top of the game, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Unless he gets like he's, a serious injury. That's the only yeah. thing. Like, you know, I'll, I'll get, I get behind Jack and Brett and, and John Phillips and these guys and the guys from BST, like Torch, you know, Tom. Mm. Um, but I do feel like Jack and Modestus are like those kind of once-in-a-lifetime top talents. Yeah, they've got, they got there's something sparky about their style and about their personalities. Uh, I'm not talking personalities like, um, you know, Conor like McGregor's or anything. But like... Yeah, they're fighting personalities. The way they, they get in there and, and seem to p- perform without nerves. I mean, I take it they, they do suffer some nerves of some degree, but it doesn't hold them back on their performance at all. They don't seem to need to warm up. They just get in there and start performing from the get-go. It's utterly impressive. Oh, yes. And um, mm. just very quickly, because we'll talk about this the next time you're on, uh, on mm. the the following show then, you've got Joe Duffy, the Irishman, facing Joel Alvarez. So I think that's going to be a very tough fight for uh, Joe Duffy, that. but Yeah, it is. I think you know, Duffy's just not looked comfortable in UFC. Um, he's just had hard fights, difficult opponents. Um, he has moments of looking good. Uh, then he can just have a really bad round all of a sudden. Um, I just feel like he hasn't got his groove. And I don't know the reason is why. I don't know whether this issue's in his training prep um, or whether he's just a bit star-trapped with the whole UFC. Um, and maybe puts himself under pressure for being the man that beat Conor McGregor um, you know, back along. I don't know, but Duffy seems to... Seems to be struggling a little bit. And then mm. Brett Johns versus uh, Montel Jackson at uh, Bantamweight after his yeah, impressive he, comeback. Yeah, you've got to go with Brett Johns, honestly. I think he, you're just going to see, see increments of improvement every time he step, steps in there. Yeah, and the thing with Brett is um, every time he's fought, he's looked better and better. He had that one That's what I mean, where, yeah. One fight where he wasn't great but just before he made his comeback uh, recently. Or well, fairly mm. recently, but that you know, let's be fair. That 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 uh, that last fight he had, he was very impressive against a guy yeah. who was a good wrestler. Um, he was, and he was a bit thicker than what Brett is. And uh, mm. I thought Brett was a really outstanding performance. So yeah, um, that was uh, that was good to see. And um, you know, Brett Johns has fought some massive names, and I think sometimes yeah. people Stop. forget that at a, a very not a young age, but like. Early in his UFC career, he's you know he fought, he took Pedro Munez to a decision, he took yeah. uh, Barbo, uh, sorry, uh, Aljamain Sterling, who's now in the title picture, to a decision. Yeah, that's it. Um, and there's a couple of others as well. Do you know? It's um, people forget, you know, who he really he was in the tough enough, and it's uh, he's very very tight. He beat More- uh, Morales on uh, Albert. Morales on a decision. Who's obviously, I think Morales is ranked. Isn't he ranked number two or something? One of the best. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's not had an easy route at all. No, and I think if he can get that say that momentum back that he had early on in his UFC run, he's very capable of doing exactly what we just said about Modesto. Yeah, Jack. he's I got the. Think the same. I think he's got a very different personality. He's a bit quiet. Like saying like Jack's very quiet, but like mm. when Jack goes in the cage. He looks aggressive, doesn't he? 
Yeah. Whereas I think Brett yeah, takes it. a little bit more of a counter fighter, but yeah, Brett Brett's got those, those skills to really, uh, you know, he can do some real damage in the grappling, and uh, I'd like to really see him push on now. Um, but yeah, we'll go into that card obviously the next time you're on. But I wanted to cover the sure. UFC two five one because it's such a big card, and and you're not here to talk about it. But, yeah, uh, fortunately. Yeah, we think we're thinking you might miss two shows because we'll be doing a live show on the Thursday. Hopefully, if I can find someone to come in to replace you to talk about the Wednesday show, which you're going to be at. Yeah. Um, I just got to find someone. Um, you know, failing that, if I can't get someone or it's a bit pushed, and you're not going to be able to do it, we'll just have to cover the two shows on the Sunday. Me. Yeah, and, we can do that. We can do like I, a little I, mega I, show. Be, yeah, and I'd be <laughs> interested to hear your, um, you know, your views on uh, your experiences out there and and what. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, I you'll come back with some potential guests for us as well. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. gonna you know, see how many shoulders I can rub when I'm out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, try and Breaking get some contacts. Small friendships. Yeah, that's it. Yes, that's <laughs> it, my son. Right, UFC ten. Yeah, the tournament system was back. Thank God. Um, yeah, we opened up with Mark Hall versus Don Fry. Um, yeah, tell me what you got, mate. It doesn't have to be like massively. Yeah, massive no, detail. okay. So you know, Mark Hall come, coming straight out. I mean, you, you normally wouldn't expect to have this kind of strategy against someone you know is going to try to you know wrestle with your ground and, and punch your head through the canvas, but he come out with a spinning kick. But he actually lands it. Um, even though it didn't look super fast, it seemed to knock Don Fry a little bit off balance. Him a bit, didn't it? Yeah, um, he, he didn't like it because Don Fry just closed just in from the up. get-go there. But he picked him up body to body and slammed him down. Um, got put into um, you know a form of guard. Um, but clearly, the guy's not efficient off his back. Yeah. Uh, he's really struggling to control the impacts coming down from Don Fry. We know Don Fry is a, a, a ground and pounder and a wrestler type, right? Um, that, that can strike somewhat too. Um, and it's those body shots. Do you see the marks and the welts that were oh, appearing on the on the body of Mark Hall? Now, some of those shots when they're going in, they don't look that hard, but I think Dom, Dom Fryer's fists are like sledgehammers. Well, we've um, talked, haven't yeah. we, about the body shots in the clinch, like standing yeah. up. But I think in these, particularly these older UFCs where you see a lot of mm. people in guard and people don't really know how to progress through the guard and they yeah. also don't know how to defend other than put the guard on, is yeah. you see a lot of shots to the ribs and, and body and I think they yeah. don't look like they do that much damage, but particularly in this fight, yeah. you can see... They, they looked like they were doing damage, all right? He, he was bleeding under the skin yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it didn't look a comfortable experience. And yeah, then the headbutt started coming. Ten minutes of it, and, mate, as well. And some elbows, yeah. Um, it, it, the, the, the poor guy was just being used as a punch bag on the ground. It was like Don Fry was just, just doing up, a training drill. He just couldn't get back up against that calibre of wrestler. And we've seen Don Fry do this um, you know, beforehand, uh, previous uh, UFC events and also we know that he's done this to many people um, as he went on to Pride and stuff like that um, but yeah utterly impressive yeah he won he was headbutting the guy um, a really good victory for Don Fry he done what Don Fry always does it seems at that yeah. stage um, yeah, yeah really good 10, 10 minutes 21 uh, Don yeah. Fry won via TKO punches um, and by the way yeah. I will say because it's going to be an ongoing theme in this show John McCarthy refereeing and this was outstanding Honestly, yeah. 
the standard of refereeing, considering how early in the game it is, and how they obviously in those early shows there was barely barely mm. a referee at all. Like yeah. as soon as they brought John McCarthy in, he changed the whole outlook of how they looked at the very few rules they had, how they protected mm. fighters. Um, I, th- yeah. I really can't speak highly enough because I know referees these days get a lot of criticism. I know they John do. doesn't, but but he was so good, and I hope one day, yeah. I really do hope one day that I get to interview him and pick his brains because if that's what you want, it'll happen. You've just got to push for it, Sai. It can yeah. happen. No, no reason just why not. Keep nice guy as well. Contacts, mate. Mm. Yeah, met him met him a good few times. Uh, super nice guy and very clear. He always comes around and expl- re-explains the rules for every person. He comes around to your, your, each of your training rooms. And, uh, yeah, big John McCarthy. I understand why they call him big, because he's a big guy. Massive, isn't he? Really big guy. Yeah, he a huge. black belt or something as well? In, I'm sure Maybe so. I don't, know. I don't know about that. He certainly walks around confident, but I would if I was that big, um, with or without skills. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And then next up, we had, uh, what was it? Brian Johnston defeated Scott Fielder uh, in 2 minutes yeah, 25. I- yeah, although it didn't go on long, it was actually you know quite a lot w- what was going on. I think partly because of uh, Brian Johnson's style. Cause I think Brian Johnson he died long, long time ago, didn't he? I'm sure yeah, he passed away, right. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this guy, you know, comes out explosive. He really does. Um, I think he's got some wrestling capabilities as well. Um, but they go to the ground. But this fielder, you know, he's got some skills too. Um, he ended up getting on the back of uh, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson was being a bit 2000, sorry, overcommitted. Sorry, interrupt you. 2001, oh. he died of a stroke. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, three that's weeks, just Three tragic. weeks after getting married. Yeah, tragic. Uh, I know really it was a long, long time ago, but um, yeah, utterly sad that. 32. Sorry, sorry I mean, to interrupt you, mate. No, no, that's fine. But um, yeah, Fielder, you know, he was he was there to fight because he had a funky hairstyle. Um yeah. Didn't he? So that like, got it all shaved off at the front and then all ponytailed at the back, so he looked like a bit of a bit of a uh, a mad character. But he he had skills about him. Um, he had Brian Johnson's back, and it looked like he was trying to attempt like an inverted uh, upside down arm triangle almost. But um, he slipped off, um, and Brian Johnson, with all that energy, he seems to have. He, he just started putting the beat down on him, and um, yeah, it wasn't long after he fell off his back, it, it all went pear shaped for him and. Yeah, it gets stopped. But um, I was impressive with Fielder. You know, he, he showed some ground skills there. He had hooks in. He was looking for chokes and getting some ground and pound off. But, yeah, the, the aggression of Brian Johnson, once he had a chance to be on top himself, was all action. And um, Yeah, Brian yeah, Johnson, kickboxer predominantly, but he's a decent grappler, Golden Gloves champion, striker on the ground. Yeah. Got a bit of bare-knuckle experience. Um, yeah, but yeah. when he came in, he had his gi on, or top half of his gi, and he yeah, just looked yeah. angry. And he had his yeah, head he down, he was frowning, he came to fight. Um, and it was good, yeah, very entertaining couple of minutes, I thought. It was really yeah, good. it was. I enjoyed it. But yeah, John McCarthy's massive. Just look at him again. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a big uh-huh. boy. Um, yeah, so um, Brian Johnson defeated Scott Fielder by a submission punches, 2 minutes 25. Uh, next up was Mark Coleman versus Motti Horenstein. Um, yeah. In 2 minutes 43. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bobby Horstein, you know, really decorated uh, striker. Um, uh, yeah, numerous karate championships that he's won. So he's, he's a pretty decorated martial artist. But going to get someone like Mark Coleman, one of the top wrestlers at the time, or, you know, he'd come away, you know, come into UFC after having right. a very decorated, uh, you know, wrestling background. Um, yeah, you, you're going to struggle. 
it's going to go to ground very, very quickly. And that's exactly what we saw. Um, you know, on paper, it looks like um, Horestine, you know, could come and match him. He's quite a big guy, 6'2". And someone stated on there, it looked like a big version of Van Dam, And I absolutely mm. got to agree. He really did look like him. But he got taken down so, so quickly. Um, and, and just in that guard, he was just getting pounded. Uh, it just didn't last long. Uh, no. it, at one point, he was trying almost like a half guard knee shield, but I don't think he even knew what he was actually doing there. Didn't know what um, he was He sort of done it out of instinct to try to keep Mark Coleman off. But Mark Coleman is just a bigger version of uh, Don Fry. Uh, yeah, don't I don't think he's as like good a striker as Don Fry, but his no. wrestling capabilities and his size was just all too much for someone like Horstein. Yeah, I felt like uh, Mark Coleman came in with a bit of something to prove because wrestlers predominantly in these first 10 year or first 12 UFC shows hadn't done very well. The wrestlers had mm. generally struggled. Um, yeah. And I felt like he came in with something to prove and, you know, he was one of the best wrestlers in the country at the time. And, yeah. um, he was impressive. Well, I, say. I think, well, Dan Seven had done well. Um, yeah. But it was predominantly a wrestler, but he, I don't think he was as decorated as Mark Coleman was. But No, Mark Coleman was uh, the real deal. Yeah. Not he, that Dan, Mark, Dan Seven wasn't, but like... Mark, Mark Coleman was uh, you know, the king of ground and pound. You I think tell, he, do you know who he reminds me of? The way he was moving when he was on top of him and he was like moving positions really quick. Yeah. Um, he reminded me of Brock Lesnar, the way massive okay, guy, yeah. but just just um, the way how quick he was able to change positions on top yeah, of his opponent he, without losing control. Yeah, he was he he was fast twitch. You, you can tell he's just got wrestling just built into Those his big, blood. Huge hammer fists ev- as well. Yeah, every little move he had a move to counter it with his wrestling, and would just use his hands as sledgehammers. To me, he really reminded me of Mark Kerr. Mm. Um, back yeah, when Mark yeah, Kerr sure. was at, at his peak. Um, you know, very, very similar sort of style. Um, yeah, he looks to get the job done. He, his work mm-hmm. ethic is, you know, he's grinding all the time. Yeah, he, he all practically gasses himself <laughs> trying to be aggressive, but that makes for great viewing. And, um, oh, yeah, I've always enjoyed just watching these fights. I mean, they, they were never pretty um, from a martial arts perspective, but he certainly no, gets the job done. A bit all over the place, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah as complete martial artists, you know, they definitely wasn't at this point, but wrestling... And being that size, um, you know, throwing punches down to someone's head is not over technical back then. Um, no. And he did a good job of his wrestling. One of the things which made me giggle actually is when he was at the mount, instead of going these days, you see like short hammer fists on you to basically get yeah. as many in as you can so the ref stops yeah. it. But he was giving it like haymaker hammer fist, literally yeah. like he was throwing a hammer down. And uh, yeah, it, made, yeah. it just it made me giggle a bit at the time when I watched it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, and he then the final shot. Yeah, it was uh, it was brutal. The final bout of the quarterfinals was uh, Big Daddy Gad- Gary Goodridge back for another run. Uh, he faced John Campatella. Uh, this yeah. one only lasted a minute and a half with Big Daddy taking the win. Yes, he did. Um, but that John, um, he come out and he, he looked strong. He looked to put Gary Goodridge under a little bit of uh, did you a little see, bit of pressure. Sorry, I interrupted you again, mate. I just want to remind okay. you and I'll forget. Um, when uh, there was a point where Gary Goodridge was against the cage, like facing yeah. away from his opponent, and yeah. um, what's his name, uh, John Campatella, he like yeah. lay, hits him with like a right hook from behind yeah. and hits him on the That's back right. of the ear, and you can visibly see that it really pisses off uh, Gary Goodridge, and he kind yeah. of swings an elbow behind him, yeah. and he gets really, he really irritated. By yeah, it. he was not happy about it. 
Yeah, I don't think he knew that one was coming. So uh, no. I think it ra- rattled the old uh, brain cells he's not, a bit. He's not used he to having them, to is he? No, um, it's not. But he doesn't like but, it. But God, one thing you say about Gary Goodridge is for all his skills and size and strength, he doesn't like getting hit. Um, no, and it's it, a reoccurring theme is when you when he gets hit clean, he does lose it a bit, whether he loses it technically or he gets frustrated yeah, or he just apart. can't angle it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets a bit flustered with it. But um, I was actually impressed from the small duration we saw, John. And I actually thought this was one of the ones that I thought could have gone on longer. Yeah. Um, I know you said the referee was overly good. I couldn't see why. There must have been something that happened that we perhaps couldn't see. But I was really I think, surprised that he got stopped. Um, just, but, you know, just looking he, at it again he, there, he nails four clean shots while he's on his back. Yeah. Um, and that when he hits the fourth one, the the guy kind of moves the wrong direction. Right. Almost as if he's disorientated. But I actually think he was trying to move to turn because so, he was on just his back. Up. Yeah, yeah, just to try and avoid the strike. But I think, yeah. and he, looking at it, his one eye is completely closed as well, though. So yeah, yeah. I mean, from a referee uh, you know, view, that could have been it. Yeah, I suppose you, can, you know, could argue it, but I was, I was enjoying it, and I would like to have seen that gone on. But yeah, you know, I did notice that the ref was definitely stopping fights a lot earlier because there are knockout rounds at the end of the day, and um, it's going to allow the fighters to be able to go on into the next round um, with some energy left. Um, because I think the previous UFCs have seen some really, really slow, um, dragged out, tired-looking performances, which is not good viewing. So yeah, I think this is part of the. Way. Yeah, I think I think this is partly why um, some of these fights were stopped. You know, when people were getting into some difficulty, um, and John McCarthy knows that their ground skills were not up to much. He was just saying, "Hey, look, you know, you've taken a few hits here. Clearly, you're not going to get out." Let's stop this and save the guy who's winning some energy to to perform um, in those later rounds, uh, you know, later bouts. But yeah, but um, yeah, it was good win. Gary Goodrich tries one of his neck cranks as well. I observed he tried to get him in a guillotine and then literally crank the neck. But uh, I think that led to his takedown actually, um, the way you got the scramble that led to the finish where where John McCarthy stepped in. But yeah, um, didn't get to see enough of that fight for me personally, no. but. Nevertheless, I think the the better of the two fighters went through. I think Gary Goodridge would have won through eventually anyhow. Um, yeah, good win by Gary. Yeah, and I think you're spot on, mate, about the the how can I say the just the general standard of the fights. Um the way yeah. they were they were these ones were going, they weren't the boring sort of slow mm. grappling, just they mm. everyone was looking for those finishes when they were on top. And everyone yeah. was scrambling to get away when they were underneath, yeah. which presents, I think it, you know, with a, I think, a good thing. Yeah, and if you, you think back at Hoist dominant in the early ones, I think yes, it had yes. outgrown um, the, the the abilities of Hoist. Not the abilities in terms of skill, because he, he had the yeah, skill yeah. to do it, but he didn't have the size. Um, you know, going up the, against the Mark Coleman's and the Don Fry's, I think it would have been a, just a step too much for him. Yeah, and I think... When you come up against guys like that, they no matter how good you are, mm. with you know, and Hoist, you know, best in the world for what he was good at. Um, yeah. These guys, when they were on top, even if he was able to get some sort of submission, they were so big and strong that they yeah. would have pummeled him. And it's then whether he can take it. And historically, yeah. we've seen that maybe, you know, well, not he many, would not it, many people can. It, yeah, Hoist. Oh, it would not be stopped. It would be a, a, the referee stepping in. Horse will carry yes, on till he's knocked out. Just, if he's yeah, in a submission, he'll let, let it break. Stand in because you're getting pummeled. Yeah, 
Yeah, but I think it, it would have been too much again. for him at this stage. The, the, the athletes were, were big, conditioned, uh, and and aware enough now of the submissions. You know, a world-class wrestler at that sort of size, the sort of Coleman's and the Don Fry's of the world, were savvy enough to floyd any of those um, types of submission from that size of fighter. 100% mate um, yeah. next up we had the semi-finals the first semi-final was uh, Don Fry versus Brian Johnston I enjoyed this yeah one. I enjoyed this one as well Johnson just impressed me with his knees looked really sharp with his knees um, and he had some defence capabilities against Don, Don Fry's wrestling forcing Don Fry to have to exchange as well and Don Fry had his successes as well with his knees and um, some of his strikes but it always looked like Brian Johnson uh, was more potentially dangerous uh, in the striking. Um, eventually does get Johnson to the ground. Um, and from there, he, he starts sticking it on him. And I just think the explosivity of, of Brian Johnson ended up getting really, really tired. He got into an even more vulnerable position. And I just felt that he felt, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to get back up out of this. Um, no. It's been a good night. I've had, I've had my wins. <laughs> Let, let's just call it a day. They've and he always taps them out. Yeah, he, he had his fun in there, but he knew it was only going to go one way. He did really fight explosively, and I think when you're doing knockout rounds, that's kind of the way you have to do it. You have to try and put the fighter away as early as you can to carry through the energy for the next round. And I think he thought, I'm going to be in a war here. Um, you know, even if I pull through this, I'm not going to have nothing left for the next fight. So, yeah, he, he taps the map. Kind of a bit guy, because there's another one that I was really enjoying. I felt that he gave Don Fry some of the, the bigger issues uh, that he had faced up until that point. He had been so dominant. Um, yeah, good fight. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah but Don, Don Fry, Fry went through looked, again. Uh, yeah, and he looked dominant. He looked you know, yeah, he did did. Look dominant, and he looked good. Yeah. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens later. Um, but, you know, I, I again, I agree with you. I really, really enjoyed the fight. Um, I was just kind of getting into it, but you know, it's easy for me to kind of stand here and say, mm. "Oh yeah, he gave up too easy." But when you're getting pummeled with sledgehammers, yeah, Don Fry, um, yeah, it's a different kind of kettle of fish, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it's that's not right. As, yeah, it's not as easy remember, as me just going, "Oh yeah, well, why didn't he just keep going? What's the matter with him?" Yeah, you got to remember as well. It was like. Um, you know, it was thought as as a, as a like a real fight back then. So you know, all the nerves going in, uh, that, that's exhausting. It, it's awesome. exhausting in itself, and you know, it's already been there. So, and I yeah, I can uh, imagine once he got a little bit tired, you know, again, uh, all that nervous energy would have just drained him as well. Um, yeah, there's no wonder why he just thought, you know, what I, I've I've done as far as I can get. Let's just just live to survive another day. Yeah, no, and I do. I don't think that. they um, in those days they knew, like, or they weren't as familiar with like the sports kind of science mm. side of it. Yeah. So like, you had like um, that adrenaline spike and that maybe they weren't yeah, as familiar it. with it and stuff. If you get yeah, because he, he almost, he almost f although he I, I sort of described him as being fearless, but by the same token, he could also argue that he fought with that fear intensity about him, sort of thing. You know, when he corner a dog, um, yeah. you know, it, 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 will, it will fight back. Um, he, he was almost like he was doing that. So he's clearly getting big adrenaline dumps. And yeah, once that wore off, being that he's already at, um, competed that day, um, I think that's why you saw him just tap out the way he did. I just think he had hit the wall all of a sudden. 
Yes. But up until then, he great, gave great entertainment. He really did. I really like those knees he threw. <laughs> so um, Don Fry won uh, via submission elbows, 4 minutes 37 versus Brian Johnston. Uh, next semi-final was Mark Coleman versus Big Daddy Goodridge in the uh, next semi-final. And uh, <sighs> Big Daddy did not like getting hit. No, he did not. Um, yeah, uh, Mark Coleman was footworking away a little bit. It looked like he was respecting the size of Gary Goodridge somewhat, um, was sizing him up. So he sort of backed off, then shot in. Um, and when he got that, that that deep double, it looked like Gary Goodridge was going to resist it. But he started driving up and into him. And Gary Goodridge started to go for that neck crank. I think that's what put him on his back more than anything. I actually think he could have stuffed that, that first initial shoot. But he sort of like tucked underneath his arm, like he's going to try and sit back for that neck crank. He puts him on his back and he starts eating up some of that ground and pound. Um, uh, and from that ground and pound, started stretching up his closed guard. You know, so it's kind of doing the right type of thing. Montcalm was trying to stack up and put his weight forward to try to smother any slick hips to scramble up. So it's kind of fixating uh, Goodridge's position somewhat. But it's enabling him to stretch him away to get some reverse ground and pound, I suppose, if you want to call it that and was striking back on Coleman. Um, he gets an opportunity to scramble back up to the feet, but it gets him in kind of difficulties because now he's got his back taken, uh, where he's holding the fence. He started eating some nasty-looking uppercuts. I mean, Mark Coleman can really generate some power in these stood clinching scenarios. Um, and, and Goodridge just stood there and, and, and took it somewhat. He started clambering around the outside of the, the, the cage to try to... Uh, get it over towards his corner to try to seek some advice on how to get out of this kind of hold that Mark Coleman had on him. Uh, he's literally having a discussion with him in the corner. Um, managed to get facing him, and I was thinking, oh, it's going to be game on again. But you know, without that wrestling knowledge, you know, he just got his back taken against standing and was in that situation yet again. Um, it was looking really frustrating for him because he had momentarily got out looking like he was going to go to work and, and just got quick in the situation yet again. But he did turn again. He had, had another moment to sort of try and shine back. Um, and he did exactly the right thing, I think, uh, that when they broke free, Mark Coleman was looking to try to get his energy back and Gary Goodrell was stalking him down. I just wished he had started at least throwing a jab or you know, trying to pepper some shots in, but he didn't. He stalked him walked him back, but just didn't have no work rate there. Um, and Mark Coleman was just conserving his energy and started throwing his own strikes at, at Gary Goodridge. I just think it was a good strategy closing closing in, but you got to close in and go to work, and he didn't. He got shot in again. He got put on his back again. Um, and each time he got put down, he started receiving more and more damage. He's now in side control. Um, goes into a rear position, looking like he's going to choke him out and uh, receives more strikes and I think it was was it uh, referee stoppage. I can't remember. Uh, they gave it. It's right. officially marked down as exhaustion. Uh, oh right, I don't know whether the ref stepped in. Uh, it's a bit of a big, unclear uh, big one. Daddy gave up. Yeah, so um, I think Gary Goodrich could have made more of it because uh, Mark Coleman was looking pretty spent after being so aggressive. Um, and you've got to give it him to fight that way. You know, he puts everything in to finish the guy from from the the bell pretty much. Um, but, yeah, he stalked him down, didn't throw anything. And so it was a little bit frustrating for me. And Mark Coleman ended up throwing his own strikes, getting work rate off, um, shot in and got him down again. And from then, it, it was just game over, really, for Goodrich. Once you've got a wrestler on your back as well, as punching and threatening chokes, it's only going to go one way. Oh, yeah. It most certainly is. 
Mark Coleman yeah. was very, very impressive. I thought I got a yeah, say. he was um, fun to watch. Mm. Nearly as fun as this final between yeah. Mark Coleman and Don Fry. Don Fry yeah. in the heavy favourite versus the wrestler. Um, yeah, didn't go to plan for Mister Fry. Don, um, I think these guys had trained together extensively as well um, okay. as wrestlers. So Don Fry probably knew exactly how good he was. He was giving away some poundage. I think about was he giving away around about thirty pounds, something like that. Yeah. You know, if thirty pounds is starting to add up to be quite a bit of weight difference. Um, and I think he was giving away some wrestling pedigree as well. I don't think he was as decorated as Mark Coleman. So it was always going to be a difficult fare to get it where Don Fry normally gets comfortable to win it. Um, and the, the pattern of the, the fight was that Mark Coleman was always able to get Don Fry on his back rather than vice versa. And whenever they did get back to their feet where Don Fry had the superior striking, um, he had had too much of the fight taken out of him playing on his back. Now, Back then, a wrestler being put on their back, um, they, they didn't receive very well regards being struck. Now, Don Fry is tough as hell, but it took something out of his energy levels. Um, and each time they got back to the feet, uh, Mark Coleman was just out wrestling him. And I, I think it wasn't even down to just pure ability. I think it's the fact that even if they was equal to ability, he was just losing out to the heavier guy. Um, and so for the first time, we see Don Fry on his back repeatedly. And he was getting more and more damaged, getting more and more tired looking. Although Mark Coleman was getting tired, Don Fry for me was getting more so tired. Um, and it, it just wasn't going his way. Um, but it was a great fight to watch because you saw some really good wrestling exchanges. There was um, a nice one where it looked like Don Fry was going to get on top. And uh, you know Mark Coleman just does a short shrug off which is you know, all typical wrestling moves. Yeah. Um, it was just outplaying him on every exchange. Don Fry did a couple of good things to scramble back up, doing typical wrestler things to get back up to the feet. You know, wrist wrestling to stop the uh, exchanges as you try to get back to your feet. But again, you know, he was put back on his back again. Um, but Don Fry was utterly tough throughout. Um, he didn't lose face with that performance. Um, and you had a new kid on the block in the form of Mark Coleman. And Mark Coleman had a really good fight career. He, he was highly successful and had a comeback in pride as well. And, you know, had some some remarkable matches in that as well as he went through his career. Yes. You know, look, Don Fry, legend. Um, um, you know, it is what it is, doesn't it? You know, he he, went yeah. on, he had a, um, an amazing career. He dominated yeah. many people. Um, mm. And I think he had been used to you. Know, he was unbeaten in the UFC going into this final. Mm. Um, but he got... Uh, basically had what he had been doing to people done to him in many yeah, ways. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, that's what I mean. We we so often see Don Fry, um, you know, go into people striking with confidence because he knows that if they do clinch up, he's predominantly putting people down. So he, he could just go wailing forward, not didn't have to worry about anyone trying to shoot in on him. Um, but in this case, he did have to worry about someone shooting in on him because he was going to get you down, and and it did. But like I say, he still performed well there. I mean, he was hitting some powerful shots. And, and Don Fry was just wanting to give it back. You know, he, never did he lay on his back yeah, and, sure. and receive without trying to fight back. And, um, you know, for that part of it, you can just see this guy as an absolute warrior. And, you know, I, I was a big fan of Don Fry 
back in his day when he was fighting really regular. Um, loved his pride, pride fights as well. And um, you know, for me, I don't look at him as a lesser, uh, lesser guy from this performance. He's a fighter through and through. Um, yeah, and it, you know, it, it's nice. Though. I mean, there was uh, such gentlemen after the fight. And like I say, I think they was quite friendly. I think they're still good friends today. Um, so to see them go in there, bash the crap out of each other like yeah. they did, and, and then just and yep. still be friends after. No doubt they were probably Sweet training one. a few weeks later as well. That's how it was done back then. Yeah, it was cool. I enjoyed it yeah. all round. Uh, I thought it was just generally nice to see. But um, yeah. okay, so then we have uh, to finish us off, as it were, Jack Shaw's the rise of Jack Shaw Part Six. And uh, this was a different one, different feel, different everything. He played, he fought uh, Cage Warriors '87. He fought Matea Galabiati. Um, yeah, it was interesting to say the least. Yeah, um, Jack Shaw in this one uh, looked like he was either giving him respect because maybe he looked into his credentials. Well, he was um, a late. But... He was a weak. Uh, it was he took the replay. Sorry, his opponent was replaced a week, a right. week before the fight. Sure. So he was okay. not expecting to fight this guy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, maybe that, that that played on him uh, a little bit. Or more to the point, it almost looked like um, he was wanting to, to get some rounds under his belt. Well, he said um, because he just didn't fight interview, actually, that he was glad to oh, get did some he? rounds in. Yeah, so which is... Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just wondered whether... You know, whether he just wanted to come out and feel out a few rounds and um, see how he performed there. Um, you know, it wasn't a, a, a complete perfect performance by Jack Shaw, but still he's really in the early stages of his of his growth. Um, you know, it, it received a couple of leg kicks. You know, that if this guy was a proper devastating striker, it could have been consequential in some way. Um, but Mateo, for me, looked, it looked a little wooden, flat-footed, a little stiff. But he certainly looked big. So whether that was what Jack Shaw was, um, you know, being wary of, the fact that this guy was quite muscled, um, looked quite powerful, and maybe he was giving all due respect to the to his physical size. Um, yeah, but um, uh, there was a, a good strike, wasn't there? He landed a, a left-hand strike that momentarily yeah. dropped Matea. Um, and again, oh, I put it down sure, to Matea's... Yeah, he did. He bounced straight back up, I think, because he is quite a thick-set guy for that division. Um, you know, he received it pretty well, bounced straight back up. Uh, but that wooden, that woodenness and that flat footedness, you know, kind of makes him a bit of a, a sitting target to someone with some fluent strikes. And if you look at the way Jack Shaw strikes, he strikes really fluent and loose. And um, I'm not surprised that he found his hands to his chin, to be honest. So um, there was a shoot attempt by Mateo as well, but it was um, easily, um, you know, stopped by Jack Shaw. Um, I think you could see the intentions were that Mateo's going to want to get it to the ground at some point. I think he's got like a sambo and, and judo yeah, background. So. He's got a very uh, high-level grappling uh, Yeah, and, and maybe that's why we never saw Jack Shaw shoot in like we normally do and rush so much. So you know, maybe it was a pure strategy standpoint that we see him at a more, more, much more mellow pace. But the pace started to pick up. So as we went into round two, uh, Jack Shaw actually starts scoring his takedown. He caught him behind the knee and did a, a, a lovely takedown. And as Mateo began to fatigue, I started to notice that he'd become even more flat-footed. Um, his hands started going a little bit more wayward. Yeah, he's kind of like he, he's yeah his structure to 
to, to what should be a structure regarding your guard and your, your footwork started to fall apart somewhat as he began to fatigue. And Jack Shaw was beginning to figure him out. He's beginning to land more, started to look even more loose. He's starting to pick up the work rate to how we had always known Jack Shaw in the previous uh, fights that we've, we've been watching together um, and just started to take over, really. Um, and as we went into round three, uh, what was my notes here? Uh, yeah, uh, Jack Shaw has a really good right hand. Um, uh, did he catch a, a kick as well? Did he try and catch a kick he on did, this he, one? He caught him with yeah, a that's head right, kick. The left kick. Um, I'm trying to understand point. my notes and, as I um, squiggle here. Yeah, he caught him with a head pick, uh, head kick. Um, and there was one point where the he went for like a whizzer, and um, an Uchimata attempt, wasn't it? Yeah, like, that's right. He went Jack, like, just, just he did this. I wouldn't even know how to describe it with my fairly limited knowledge of. Um, <laughs> Like grappling and stuff, but the speed at which Jack Shaw reacted, yeah, and put Gary Biati under pressure from his own yeah. attack, basically. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was very, very impressive, uh, and again yeah. showed just how dangerous he is from all positions, even yeah, at yeah, his yeah. young age. Like, oh, yeah, but it, it it was really good to see that you know Jack was blowing a little bit in there. Not saying fatigue by any stretch, but you know he was having to work over over some rounds and I, I can imagine Matias is quite a strong guy uh, and so whenever they did clinch up which was explosive when they did um, you know it, it was going to take some, something out of you in terms of energy um, but again I was really impressed with Jack again um, it was nice to see him actually go through some rounds and actually see what it looks like to see him pant and blow and sweat because I don't think he's broke into a pant or blow or sweat in any well, of the previous fights that we've seen like, he, I think the he does some off. fight was yeah, into the second round before this. Yeah, but what a finish! I mean, what a great oh, finish! Yeah. Um, we hadn't really seen much of uh, Jack striking, um, but when we did, he found uh, Mateo's chin numerous times and then lands that beautiful knee, Set and it was really knee. beautiful. Yeah, he did. The the guy sort of reached down uh, at his leg, he strips back his lead leg, and then brings that loaded knee because when you strip back your lead leg like that, it becomes a potential knee strike thereafter. And he did. He just nailed it with, with such precision and good timing. Puts him straight on his ass, And, uh, yeah, he goes on to finish and the ref steps in. It was brilliant. Really, really good finish. Really, really good performance. Like I say, it wasn't perfect, only for the sense that I felt like Jack's lead leg was a little bit too far in, a little bit too far forward, and was a potential target for some leg kicks, which... Mateo did land a couple of them, but didn't really pick up on it and work at it even more, which if I was in Mateo's corner, I'd be trying to use that as a as a target, try and create some weakness. But Mateo didn't have, a, have the experience, know-how, or the cornerman with the experience and know-how to perhaps point that out to him to try and make a better fight of it. But I think even with that, Jack Shaw's skill set across the board would have been all too much for Mateo anyway. But um, yeah, another good, solid performance. You just see that Jack's just you know, progressing, learning, and looking now more seasoned and more uh, more cautious, which is exactly what it should be. I mean, being a young, tenacious lad don't mean that you've got to go, you know, yeah, pedal down the from the get-go every really, single yeah. time. Yeah, because you're going to come unsuck at some point. Every so it's great to... It? Yeah, it, he fought at a different gear, and um, that's what also impressed me, really. And um, the fact that he could, you know, pick his shots and figure someone out with, with a little bit of patience, but the work rate picked up throughout and he got that sprint finish. Yeah, and what I liked about the finish was that 
he set him up for it. Um, and that just because Ga- uh, Gabriati knew that he was, um, you know, he was down on the fights. Mm. He was going in. He shot in a couple of times just before. Yeah. Um, and Jack sort of fought it off. Yeah. So what he, he started did is reading he waited him. for it. Yeah, and he just waited for it. He caught him with that shot, and then he, as he came in, he just held yeah. him with his left hand and. Uh, yeah, he's a quick learner. Jack, Jack Shaw, what what he would lack in experience in its entirety there, what is that he's a quick learner on the job. And um, if you don't start figuring Jack Shaw out on coming with something new on him repeatedly, he's going to have more time to figure you out and um, he'll come with the appropriate tools to put you away. And he's becoming a finisher, isn't he? Um, finisher with not only with submissions, which we've seen, not only with Grand Pound, what we've seen, but also with the standing striking that we're seeing here. So he's showing that he's um, fully well-rounded, and this is why someone like that's fighting on the top top shows today. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, very special talent, and uh, I'm yeah. really enjoying like and going back and still so and young, so unbelievably young. I think he's in to, to be where he's at already, and he does not look out of place. But uh, no, we will see after the coronavirus outbreak and. This long quarter of break, waiting for fights. You just don't know how these fighters are gonna are mm. gonna react. Um, and the thing is, as Modesta said in when he was a guest, not every fighter is blessed to have a full gym and a dad who's able to coach them for this lockdown period. Yeah. So not yeah. everybody has been able to train like maybe Modestus and Jack as well. Obviously, Jack's dad is his kind of head trainer. Yeah. So, you know, they've been quite lucky. Uh, obviously, in Modesto's case, he's got the gym as well. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, going to be gonna be interesting, mate. It's mm. going to be It certainly is going to be that. Mm. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed all doing the retro stuff. We haven't done it for a while. But uh, we'll yeah. see. We will see. I'm not going to see you now for a bit. Yeah, but um, so, um, you know, don't worry, I should be back. Yeah, hopefully come back with a load of wins for the British-based fighters. That would be nice. I, I have no doubt that's going to happen. I hope so. I really do. Yeah. Um, particularly, you know, the like Modestus, Jack, Brett. I really yeah. want to see those guys put on a performance. Yeah, because everyone's watching now. These these fight these fight island cards. Everybody's watching because if mm. there's nothing else, combat sports wise on. So yeah. if you can put in a good performance, now's the time to do it. Yeah. It really, really is. I agree. Um and you know, if Modestus puts on you know, if he goes and knocks this guy out in a minute with some crazy flying spinning kick or whatever he, you know, all these mm-hmm. random mad stuff he does, it's um, yeah. you know, now's yeah. well, it's a good stage to do it. I don't know what you've seen of his opponent, but his opponent's got some funky kicks as well. He likes to do spinning kicks, and yeah, he's not mm. people down and led to finishes. So this guy's a creative striker himself. Um, could be in for but for me, the, the, be ten minutes of the grappling week, there, mate. Yeah, and the, the guy's a black belt in BJJ as well. So this guy's mm. well-rounded individual. I'd say he's a, a more dangerous opponent than his original opponent. Not to take anything away from his previous opponent. I think. Um, Modesta's previous opponent was was super dangerous on the ground. If he was going to get Modesta down, I don't think it would have been such a straightforward affair to just scramble back up to your feet yeah. without some danger of some kind of submission coming his way. Um, 
But I just don't think he was going to be able to get Modesta there. And I think it, every second that ticked by on the feet was just going to be a second in hell uh, for his opponent. And the, the, the striking difference is, is huge. He's huge. And um, it would have become very apparent very, very quickly against uh, that guy. But this new opponent, this guy can strike. This guy can um, clearly grapple being a black belt in BJJ. Although, you know, MMA is different somewhat, which is what we're, message we're trying to teach Modestas. And he's learning very, very well. You know, he's grappling with uh, black belts all the time. And uh, when it comes to sparring MMA, you're not, not, not able to make that black belt count anymore. So yeah. clearly we're doing something right in his training. Um, so we're utterly prepared for this guy. For me, the weakness for this guy is the fact that Modesto is naturally a much bigger man. This guy predominantly has fought at uh, middleweight. He's coming up to light heavyweight. He has fought light heavyweight before, but he ain't fought right. with someone like Modesto at heavyweight. So to me, you know, we're just going to run through this guy. Um, yeah. He's just a bigger, stronger, better man all round, Modesto. I cannot wait to, to hear your experience from Fight Island, but also, like I say, hopefully... You'll be bringing back the full house of um, uh, of British-based fighters winning. Yeah, and, of uh, course. I, I mean, something... the... sorry, well, mate, I was going to say I've got something exciting in the book, so I haven't told you about yeah. I just, but I can't, um, oh. I can't say it on air yet. Ah, uh, okay. Just I'm going to save it for just after. Reminded me talking about okay. Fight Island that might give it away. Yeah. but um, I'll tell you now when we finish. But uh, yeah, was there anything else you wanted to add, mate? So just, um, just really, again. yeah, just about the whole experiencing. I mean, predominantly we're over there, obviously, to, to bring back the win. But on a personal note and for, for young Podesta's experience in life, I mean, what a UFC to go to. Probably one of the most um, experienced field uh, places to have it on Yaz Island, on this fighter island. I, I'm sure it's going to be utterly immense. I mean, I'm trying to imagine what it's going to be like but i'm sure as much as i try and imagine it I, i'm not gonna i don't think you'll be able, be able to, to imagine it you won't be able to, to imagine think it, it up the way it's there. really going to be yeah yeah done before have it like fight island i'll take goodbye this I'll, time next week but yeah Oof. i'll be taking lots of pictures i'll send them over to you if i can get access to wi-fi which shouldn't be an issue out there i'm sure and um, I, I will be feeling you filling you in as much as i can and then you can you know Amazing. forward on any yeah of i can the post them on the, on the danny so. batten fight show um instagram yeah. as well that's right, that'd be yeah. Cool. Yeah, that'd be really yeah. cool. If you and Modestus can send some photos of uh, and I can post them on the in yeah. the show's Instagram, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'll even um, allow you to have a picture of me in my bikini that I'll be wearing out there. No, you're right, man. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> don't sound like you don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, right, guys, thank you for joining us. As we say, it was... Uh, completely different or an old school show should we say because uh, of the lack of current ufc but there's a lot coming a lot coming yeah yeah got some sensational guests uh when this comes out on wednesday this past monday we had uh, former fulham striker premier league striker mr barry hales join us for the andy campbell football show we have an incredible guest for next monday former england international and that's going to be cool we have these UFC shows coming up. I have former England cricket captain Adam Holyoke joining me for an episode of My Story. New episode of State of Play, our cricket series with West Indian batsman Kieran Powell, my co-host. And many other shows and guests, including Unscripted and Uncensored with none other than Cage Warriors hot prospect, 
Jordan Vucinic, which I'm recording on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday evening. So get your questions in for Jordan quickly. Make them as random as possible. <sighs> Subscribe youtube.com slash ace podcast nation. Follow us on social media. Follow the Danny Batten fight show on social media. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Danny Batten FS. Send Danny messages of abuse if you wish. <laughs> Danny, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. So thank you again. And thanks everyone for listening. And uh, I'll see you in probably two shows time. Yeah. Podcast Network.